0: Narnia news to discuss. Can I get an amen? Oh,
1: Um, my goodness. Hallelujah. (laughs) It's been a while. (laughs) You know that
0: little bit in the intro where we say that the Talking beast intro where we say- The latest Narnia movie news. Keeping a a, a watchful eye on the latest Narnia movie news. Well, (laughs) guess what? This is one of those episodes- (laughs)
1: Welcome to Talking Beasts
2: from NarniaWeb.com,
1: where we explore the world of C.S. Lewis and keep a watchful eye
2: on the latest Narnia movie news.
0: This is Talking Beasts. Well, this is an unconfirmed report from What'sOnNetflix.com, and I want to emphasize that, that Netflix has not made any public comments about this story. So at the time of this recording, it should still be considered a rumor, but... What's on Netflix is reporting that writer, director, actress Greta Gerwig will likely direct two Narnia movies for Netflix. Uh, The report does not specify which two. Um, So quick background on Greta Gerwig. You guys ready for this?
1: I'm so ready.
0: (laughs) Well, she wrote and directed Lady Bird in 2017, uh, nominated for Best Original Screenplay, Best Director, and Best Picture at the Academy Awards, and also Glumpuddle loved it to death. Um, have you there? Have you seen Lady Bird?
1: Yes, I have. Uh, what do you think? Um, I liked it. I think it was one of those things where I'd I'd seen the trailers and I was like, I don't know. That's a that's a genre of film that I tend to enjoy.
0: Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And then in 2019, she wrote and directed an adaptation of Little Women, in which that was she was nominated for best adapted screenplay and best picture for that. Um, now we've all seen Little Women, though, haven't we? Right. Okay. Which I wrote on Facebook a few years ago when I saw it in theaters that it had a lot of problems, but it made me cry anyway. And I (laughs) rewatched it this week and I still agree it had lots of problems. Oh,
2: good for you. I didn't rewatch it.
0: Yeah, I rewatched it. I I still like it, but yeah, it did not move me so much like it did when I saw it in theaters. Um,
2: Were you familiar with the story before you...
0: Watched uh it. the '90s movie has kind of accidentally become our Christmas tradition. Um, oh, really?
2: See, I've never seen the
0: '90s movie,
1: the one with Winona Ryder.
0: Yeah, I'm very fond of the '90s movie, or at least I love the first half. is amazing. I cry. It just works. And then the second half, when they there's a huge time jump, and they you know Kirsten Dunst becomes someone else, and then I, I don't like it so much after that. Um, so the new one kind of helped solve that a little bit because. Um, it jumps around on the timeline, so you don't have this feeling yeah, it's of
1: it's very non-linear.
0: So it's not like two movies scrunched together, you know. It's a little more of a cohesive experience. So I thought that aspect of it was interesting, but um, man, that for, there's so many reasons that '90s movie shouldn't work, but it makes me cry anyway. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I haven't read the book though.
1: And see, I'm the probably the resident like book fan, so at least when it comes to Little Women, because I've I think I've read everything that Louisa May Alcott's ever written, and oh, I've seen. Good for you. Wow, so you're like our like, resident
2: scholar. Okay, one,
1: two, th- at least four adaptations of Little Women that are live action. Uh huh. And then I've seen an animated version. Well, let,
0: really quick, what was your uh, what, what what do you think that Greta Gerwig's Little Women was a good
1: adaptation? I think it was a good adaptation in the sense that. It told the story, but it told it in a different way. I think the directorial choice of the nonlinear timeline, that it it was a fresh take, I at least on this story. I'd never seen Little Women adapted that way in that it was telling the story of these people, but not in a, like, not, this is a start, this is the end. Um, and then another thing about it that I appreciated was that it... It's an adaptation in that it doesn't it doesn't take things straight from the book but it kind of tweaks some things for what the author had originally intended.
0: And most of that pertains to the ending, right?
1: Correct. Okay. So it not doesn't really change it per se, but it leaves it very open, very ambiguous, makes the point of like this is you know, this is this is what she actually wanted to write, which was, it's not the, you know, wrapped up with a bow, you know, happily ever after, everyone marries everyone, and, you know.
0: Would you say, it, it, did it retain the essence?
1: I felt like it did. Now, granted, I've not seen it since it came out in theaters. Okay. It's been on my list to rewatch for a while. My roommate hasn't seen it. She really wants to watch it. Okay. We just so- haven't gotten around to it. All so, right. you know, this this has been a few years. <laughs> right.
0: So, Greta Gerwig, maybe not a huge box office name, but she has received a lot of recognition, It's very well respected in the industry. Uh, up next for her, she's going to be co-starring alongside Adam Driver in the net, in the Netflix film White Noise, which is releasing Thanksgiving weekend, this coming weekend. Um, she's also busy directing Barbie starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, which releases next summer, which I've heard lots of really interesting things about and I'm really looking forward to actually. (laughs) That's a good word Um, for it. And, uh, and she wrote the screenplay for Disney's live action version of Snow White, which is due out in 2024. Um, so let me just throw it out there. Uh, it's been radio silence on Netflix for a long time. Just about assuming this is true. If, if Netflix really does hire Greta Gerwig to launch their Narnia adaptations, uh, does that change your expectations or your perception of Netflix's Narnia project at all? What effect, if any, does this have on how you think about Netflix Narnia?
1: I think it means that it is actually happening. So, you know, that automatically <laughs> makes me feel- That's the biggest change all, for me. Oh, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> hey, hang on, hang on.
0: After about 12 years of David McGee, Joe Johnston- Matthew Aldrich, you know, getting a name attached does not mean it's is going to happen. It
1: doesn't. But you know, if if it went along the line, the
0: name's <laughs> not even attached. It's like she's being eyed <laughs> to do it. Right. I mean, I th- this report could be completely true, and that doesn't mean it, we're ever going to see any movies by her. Like all it means is that they're in some kind of uh, uh, negotiations and there's discussions happening uh, un- until they start shooting. No, no, Maybe no. Not even until then. they release it, because they yeah, could. That's true. They
2: can <laughs> film it and then say nah
0: i until <laughs> i've seen it at least twice it's not happening and that
2: has happened
0: before to preserve rights yes that's absolutely true that has true. happened before absolutely true
1: assuming this is true i think that there would i i don't think a lot changes for me because i have i have no context for is this going to be you know, some big budget production that they just want to attach this person who maybe has a vision for it, or is this, I guess I would be interested in seeing her take on Narnia. Okay, Now, whether or not that is what we would get in a big Netflix overly produced churning stuff out, right? you know, type of scenario, which I have a, terrible feeling would be the case I have no idea now the fact that she is a screenwriter also that's a plus because she, I feel like the she, biggest she has, thing she has
0: never directed someone else's script she's only ever directed her right. own. right so. so
1: to me that that make that's like a plus point because I feel like the one a big issue that I've definitely noticed with just like this you know we're in the age of streaming where there's just so many shows and so many things. There's so, there's so many products and there's not enough good writers. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she could be the do the writing for it, and we know she's a good writer, that would make me feel a lot better. Okay. Now again, so much surrounding that, but i I would act, I would be interested to see what she would do.
0: Yeah. So I think what you're getting at there is, is would this really be her movie? or is yeah. this just Netflix needs someone to keep it in focus. And this happens way too has happened way too often, especially the past several years where like with some of the DC movies where they'll hire a kind of an interesting name and maybe they have a lot of creative control in pre-production and production, and then in editing they like force a bunch of reshoots and try to switch it all around kind of at the last minute. It's almost like the studio was shocked that the director actually did what they said they were going to do. <laughs> um, and they kind of chicken out at the last minute. So it sounds like what you're saying is, well, if we really see a Greta Gerwig, Narnia, maybe you'd be interested in that. But if she's just a cog in a machine, maybe not. And you would hope that Netflix would know better than to hire an auteur like Greta Gerwig and then like try to control her too much. If you hire Greta Gerwig, it means you want a Greta Gerwig movie. Um, so you'd hope they know better than that. But we've seen a lot of studios – um, make that mistake, um, Rillian. Uh, how are you feeling about Netflix's Narnia compared to a week ago before this rumor landed?
2: It doesn't really change a lot for me. It, it does kind of confirm. I I suspected they were going to go. Um. The, well, I, I suspected there was a good likelihood they were going to try to go more of the auteur route.
0: Really? Um, Why do you say that?
2: <sighs> well, we Netflix's. that's something that Netflix has uh, some success with. Um, and I think that they are, if this were like two years ago and they started hitting production, I would say, no, they're probably going to really emulate more of the Marvel model of just creating a, okay, put a committee together, cobble something together that will appeal to mass audience and, you know, production it out. Um, now I think they've been kind of doing some watchful waiting. So I, Jim the gym fans 100% right they could uh bring her on even bring her on and then kind of disregard her um but and even if they try to churn some stuff out i mean we kind of saw with the uh, Harry Potter films uh those i mean i don't know of any films that were more like churned out than those but even those had some good some great artistry and some some of the films, but also um, felt
0: rushed overall. Like a very high budget rushed. Yes, but. the
2: high budget rushed. But even, but even they had some artistry that I think came through, uh, depending uh-huh. on the film you look at. But, um, so I do like that. I, I guess I would be a little more dismayed if it was someone who. Okay, I'll just say Michael Bay, right? We No one was worried that Michael Bay was going to come along and direct Narnia, but uh, I think that we would all be dismayed. And, and no one expected
0: Greta Gerwig either. so We
2: would all be dismayed if... Yeah, yeah, exactly, but we would all be dismayed if Michael Bay did come along and say, guess what, Narnia is mine. So uh-huh. um, I think that as far as she goes, I agree with you, she is an auteur. Um, my, that's where some of my concern comes in too. So... I'm going to dish out a big truckload of salt and caveat (laughs) everything I say here, because if you would have said, hey, um, the director of Shrek is going to do Narnia. Sure. And the director of Amazing Grace is going to do Narnia. Which one do you think will do a better job preserving the Christian themes, and which or, one will be more faithful? Or I say, the, oh, or the director of question,
0: the director of Bad Taste and Meet the Feebles, is going to do Lord of the Rings?
2: Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the thing. So yes, like th- this, however good or bad, Michael Little Women, it means honestly, it, it doesn't mean as much as people will think, as we learned with the, the director of Shrek, Andrew Adamson, and Michael after the director of uh, uh, Amazing Grace. Uh, which was like a very much more like auteur type film and like had a lot of Christian themes. And then like, it was like, really, this is the same director, you know, this is kind of, so it doesn't mean a whole lot. So I'm not going to put, I'm not going to with any director, honestly, other than like the Michael Bay scenario, I'm not going to be too dismayed or too excited. Like, Oh my goodness, Narnia's in good hands or, Oh no, this person's definitely going to ruin Narnia. Cause we've been down that road. and We've learned those lessons. But what, here's what I, a couple things I'll say about little women um, so I enjoyed the, the film overall, uh, but I, I really, it, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth for a couple reasons. It kind of left me where like, okay, why would I ever go see this movie again? Um, the nonlinear storyline, you can do that, but it felt to me like she was trying to be artsy for our being like the artist's sake. Like I'm going to put my mark on little Women and do it in a way that no one else has done it. And this is my unique way of doing it. Cause no one's ever done that before okay, like I mean, really, honestly, there was one sequence in the film where I thought really benefited from it. Part of the problem was I went to see it with a family member who had no understanding of the story. Also was not super in tune with artist takes like, you know, the tone, the, 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 the film uh, grade, gr- grading was different. The color each, grading, yeah. Yeah, and the color grading was different in each it's free, timeline. Free helpful. This family member did not pick up on that. This family <laughs> member thought the entire story was like one linear storyline. Uh-huh. It came out like, I'm so confused. <laughs> and I, I need a flow chart. it after leaving the theater, they go, "Oh, uh, so th- that can that can be overdone, or maybe become a problem if it's not handled well." And I think that you know, I, I got it. I understood completely what she was doing, but I also knew the story, and I could, I'm, I sure. paid attention to. And color I knew rating. the start.
0: You know, I-, I had seen the '90s version, so I had that that advantage. Certainly, I, I also yeah, had but- a friend that didn't get it. I will say there is text on the screen that tells you up front, "Oh, this is happening. Then this is happening seven years later." Yes, but, I think this but, family member needed that at every single scene. <laughs> Okay. But anyway, well, wait, let me say uh I mean like as far as the linear thing, I think it could have been a little more clearly, but it did to me it cemented what the theme of the story was. It made me really understand why that second half of the 90s movie is important. The the, the, the title is Little Women. It's about um things that happened to them in childhood that shaped who they were as adults. And so I think the idea of cutting from here's the event in childhood, now here's the event that that it, it, it ended up shaping when they were an adult, or vice versa. Sometimes they'll show them as adults and then show the thing that informed that. So, to me, that solidified the theme of the story and made me understand and, understand and appreciate the 90s movie even more, which is still better. I, I will better
2: also overall say, overall. And, and she made a choice. I, I, I think I could just say, it, like, it just, dis- it, I think she destroyed the character of Lori because the character of Lori in the book would not like get, it was bad casting at a party.
0: It was bad casting, too. It,
2: well, I, I, I mean, Okay, Timothy Chalamet has his talents, but like even just the way that it was written with like <laughs> him getting drunk and like that whole scene I'm like, okay, this guy is not marriage material and like she does yeah. nothing to she does nothing to like any women out there. If a guy does that at a party, like don't marry the dude ever, you know? But like <laughs> the decisions that the character of Laurie makes in the in the film, it it doesn't really work with how she changed the character. It doesn't really pass off as I don't even think it works very well for the story if you actually like play it out and look at like are these with the characters being who they are. So that was a change where I don't know. Again, it was that her trying to put her own unique take on it. I don't know, um, but that was something where like it 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 also didn't. It's not just like I didn't prefer the character go that direction. But I would say, as I kept thinking about it, I was like, that doesn't work for how the story plays out and how these characters are portrayed. So those were a couple things that I, I definitely took issue with. I thought the film was beautifully shot. I mean, it, it, what could I what would I predict on an Arnia film? I would predict that she would probably get very good actors. Um, she would probably put a lot of thought into the direction of the story and it would be a very intentional thing in terms of flow and editing, and she would, pr- would probably be beautifully shot. Um, but other than that, I'm not going to like, oh, Narnia, I'm so relieved. Or, oh, this is terrible. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Even if I had something like concrete great or mm-hmm. bad, even if I it was like, oh, yeah, my favorite film was directed by Greta, sure. Greta we, can't, we can't know anything for you sure, know. but
0: hey, let's go ahead and pretend we can, that's yeah. because that's fun. Makes for good discussion. The thing
1: like, <laughs> like we've talked about and everyone has to remember it's like the director is not the be-all and end-all when it comes to the film like obviously they have a lot of creative power but as we know mm-hmm. there's so much that goes on with producers and executives and studios the lord of the
2: rings and the hobbit were directed by the same man
0: yes
1: it, yes it case <laughs> in point, so thank you okay
0: <laughs> so my reaction certainly when i first saw this um, I think the my first half second when I saw Greta Gerwig's name was, oh my gosh, I love Lady Bird so much. And I remembered how much I loved it. That was the first second. And the se- the second second was like, Narnia, like, Greta Gerwig, like, I don't think anybody had her on top 10 most likely to direct a Narnia movie list at all. That definitely felt like a bolt there of lightning. That was a list? Uh, if, the, if, if anybody out there making like... People that might direct a Narnia movie, I'd be pretty surprised if Greta Gerwig was on any of those lists. Um,
2: movie Aristotle predicts Michael Bay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was a surprise. Um, but this changes my expectations quite a bit because I'd been expecting total cash grab just trying to churn out something to fill the void left by Game of Thrones because of the comments from Mark Gordon about the thing about – uh, oh there were 3,000 characters in Narnia and the strong sense about basically admitting we were interested in Narnia because um, it was vaguely vaguely, vaguely, vaguely similar to Game of Thrones. And we know that ne- we now know that Netflix aggressively bid for the rights to Lord of the Rings and lost to Amazon. So it seems like uh Net- Narnia was Netflix's backup plan. So once again, Narnia stuck in Lord of the Rings shadow. So I didn't have any reason to believe the past couple years. That this was anything more than the business and marketing majors casting the vision for this, not as opposed to having a real storyteller. Um, and this, and I really like Impending Doom's theory on this that the Matthew Aldrich iteration of Netflix's Narnia project fizzled out. It's gone, it's over, it's done. And now we have a whole new thing with Greta Gerwig at the helm, if this is true. So to me, it's like, wow, maybe we've got an actual storyteller. We'll, we'll t- can talk about if she's the right storyteller, but maybe we have an actual storyteller at the helm instead of business and marketing majors. Um, and like, and just to sorry, just to clarify, anybody that's not really familiar with the filmmaking much, I mean, we're kind of talking about this tension between generally. I, mean, I kind of divide up these directors into two categories: you can be an auteur or a hired gun. And a hired gun is basically, which is the most often the case with a big budget movie, where a studio buys the rights to something expensive or something, a popular book or something, and they kind of develop a script or something, and they look for a director who will just make that. And it, hey, here's what we want out of the movie. Please go make that and keep it in focus. Hey,
2: Michael, Hasbro gave us Transformers.
0: Yeah. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> Michael Bay is something, there's an argument that he's an auteur. Uh, he fits a lot of the criteria for it. He's not just with a Transformers, he one. wasn't. No, he he was. It was consistent. No, if you look at what the definition of an auteur is, Michael Bay kind of fits that definition. He's just an auteur that I hate. And I hate. But, um, an, auteur is, an auteur is not inherently good or bad. It just refers to the theory of film that you can look at one person, even though a film can be made by hundreds or thousands of people, uh, it's... Auteur theory thinks about a movie as something made by one person as the storyteller. So mm-hmm. when we think when we're talking about an auteur, you're talking about someone who it's like it's, it's their vision. Um, so we're talking I, about the you, difference you between maybe, someone. Okay,
2: I maybe I stand corrected. I'll have to think about it. But under that definition, you may be right. But.
0: Yeah, it, it's not necessarily this high horse, you know, um, it's not necessarily a good thing to be an auteur. Um, but we're, what we're talking about here is the difference between. Uh, like Peter Jackson, the total anomaly as far as big-budget filmmaking goes, well, not total, but close, where he was at, doing Lord of the Rings from conception all the way to release. It was his baby. He wrote, he directed, he produced. Um, his baby all the way. Normally, with these big-budget things, the studio will buy the rights to something expensive. They'll go look for a director to just kind of do their bidding. And... um then there's the other way, which is more of the auteur, where it's they're the ones telling the story and they're just looking for a studio to give them money. So if Greta Gerwig is at the helm of these Narnia movies, my expectation is that it's probably her movie, more or less, that she she's the storyteller, as opposed to just a bunch of people in suits who went to business or marketing school casting the vision for this. Maybe it's got, like, a good storyteller. So... Um, is she right and again we we, we talked about the beginning well are they actually going to let her go and she just strikes me as someone that would only want to be involved if it could be her movie but maybe not we'll see we've seen others turn to the dark side before again i'll say like
2: (laughs) i think that if this were if, if netflix were let's say production was going in two three years ago um i think i really do think that netflix has been paying a lot of attention i mean you'd have to right they're they're their streaming's falling off. They're cutting employees. They're they're cutting their project. they I think they're they're really looking like. Okay, let me do we a quick plug for of
0: for. Let me do a quick plug for Icarus's great opinion piece where he kind of outlined how uh, Netflix has changed as a company. If you Go to Narni Web, scroll down a bit. Headline is uh, Netflix has changed since acquiring Narni, and he kind of lays out how Netflix has shifted more to, in his view, uh, quantity over quality because of so much competition from Disney Plus and HBO. They've got to get all this content out there. So they're they're a a different company than what they were when they bought Narnia four years ago.
2: Well, and again, they're looking at the reaction to Rings of Power. They're looking at the Star Wars TV shows and how some of them are really successful and loved and some of them are just not. Um, You know, they're looking at, I think, the Marvel movies and, okay, which ones are succeeding and which ones are not, like with the fans and at the box office. So I think that I I don't... I don't think that Netflix is as likely right now cuz like what 2 years ago when we were discussing this I said hey they're doing an expanded universe they're going to have Netflix movies of Narnia and, and they're going to do like TV shows like the Glum Puddle Adventure or Puddle Glum Adventures. See I did that's, it again. Oh, let's do a Glum Puddle <laughs> Adventure. Like, the, the, the,
0: please. <laughs> I would
2: watch that show. I'm just saying.
0: It's already on YouTube. It's like 94 parts. The Puddle
2: Glum Adventures, you know, but like I don't think I don't think that's as likely right now. I really don't. I don't yeah. think that's as likely. I think they're going to be a lot more um, I think it's a positive thing, probably. I think so too. No, I agree. I don't yeah. want an Narnia expand, expanded universe. Yeah. Here's another thing. No, about no, she Greg is Green. doing two movies. She did not, because a uh, modern, if you say, Supposedly. hey, new uh, yeah. 2019 uh, Little Women's coming out, modern take, right? You, you could easily have a director say, okay, let's set it for modern day, which she did not do. And you could easily have a director say, hey, let's. You know, added a bunch of inappropriate content. It was still a very accessible, you know, story for a lot of age groups. You know, And um, she did. She
0: did. I mean, it wasn't Little Women. wasn't set in modern times, but it was kind of modern in every other way. Uh, the way they talked and even a lot of the design was this sort of blurry line between period and contemporary. It was almost like the period part of it was just sort of decoration. But w- w- but it which is not a criticism. The- it's not a criticism. Just an observation. Yeah. Um. So
2: it wasn't as bad as with Pride and Prejudice, <laughs> I'm just gonna say, with like pigs walking through the kitchen. <laughs> um, Good so Greta Gerwig, grief.
0: like a lot of people are saying, seems like a huge surprise, something no one was expecting. I've looked into it a bit more the past week, like I said, rewatched Lady Bird, which is excellent, and rewatched Little Women and researched her a bit. Um, so she herself, um, thought it was interesting. Um, you know, she is not religious, but she's got an interesting she's got an interesting experience and kind of perspective with religion because she uh, attended Catholic high school for four years, but she doesn't seem to be religious at all now. I found an interesting quote from her, or Rose, Rose Tree Dryad found an interesting quote from her, where she's talking about Lady Bird. This is in 2018, and she says, quote, "...in other movies I've written and in Lady Bird, I have always, and I do think honestly it reflects my four years of theology," I always have some religious story threaded underneath that people can pick up on or not pick up on. I don't need them to, but it helps me as an organizing principle because even if you don't believe in the stories, they are very old stories and they do speak really deeply to people and their psychologies and how they deal with life. Um, Thought that was an interesting one. Narnie Webers might be interested in. There was another one where she talked about how much she loved. I was watching the Ladybird commentary and there's a scene... um, that she likened to um, Peter's denial in the gospel where he denies Jesus three times. And then later Jesus gives him three opportunities to, to to repent essentially Um, and talked about how impactful that story was for her. And there's a scene in lady bird um, where she's asked, where are you from? And she says, Sacramento. And the person says, what? And she goes, "Uh, San Francisco. Cause you know that, that, they'll, they'll, that they'll have heard of that, and so it, she's like, and she it feels like she just sold out her home basically, and she likened that to anyway. The point is, um, she's got this; she's not religious herself, but she has this sort of uh, admiration or respect, or at the very least, it's a very useful tool for her. I just thought that was interesting.
2: That is interesting. I, I don't think you'd have to be religious to do Narnia. I think you would have to understand the language.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't need to. Know how a car works to drive it, but you do if you want to rebuild it. Yeah, um, is how I would think. You don't have it.
2: to like cars, but you have to at least understand them
0: <laughs> at the very least. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um. So yeah, and I also another theme that um is in Lady Bird that um she was talking about in the commentary. I found very interesting. So in Lady Bird, one of the things that's in the background is I mean it's a it's low stakes. It's about a girl in her last year of high school, basically trying to figure out what she wants to do for college. That's about as high as the stakes get. But hovering in the background, it's very specifically set in fall 20, 2002, so 9/11 still very fresh, and 9/11 and then war in Iraq. It's not like it's part of the story, but it's just sort of like you know it's happening. You know exactly when this takes place. So there's this kind of um, kind of contrast between there's these huge world events out there, but we're just focusing on how it's sort of affecting these little people in this in this big world. Um so and if she Greta says were in the commentary...
2: Okay, so let me ask you this. Uh cuz so if Greta were directing The Line the in the Wardrobe and she were setting up the story, Andrew Adamson had the blitz as like the opening. Uh-huh. Unmistakable. How would she do it different?
0: Um I wonder if she yeah, she, maybe if she were to do it, it might not be as obvious. It might not be as giant effect scene establishing it. It might be a thing you'd have to kind of infer, like, oh, they're just going away. They're being sent away, and we have a vague sense there's a war or something. But we're just going to focus on these characters, and we'll catch glimpses of the war and their peripheral vision. I was more referring, though, to um, not so much the World War II setting, but just she's interested in this theme of how large events are affecting little people. And in the case of Narnia, she might be attracted to the idea of little kids being kings and queens and ruling a country. She might be in. I think that that contrast might intrigue her as a filmmaker, given um, some of the things I've heard her say in her past films. So, it as as a outsider who is just a moviegoer, initially it's like Greta Gerwig, Narnia, what, what? That doesn't make any sense at all. But then. Looking into a little more deeply, I could understand where maybe why she would be attracted to this. And I like that she's not the obvious choice. Like, with Lord of the Rings, it was, oh, y'all did Game of Thrones? So why don't you do Lord of the Rings? Um, <laughs> I-, I like that she's not an obvious choice. Okay, uh, I just want to read a couple posts uh, from uh, Narni Weber's Joanne and the Talking Bees Facebook group in the Talking Bees Facebook group said, well, she wouldn't have been my top choice. I'd be so excited to see how she develops the core characters of the books. The way she develops characters in general is so impactful and honest. Um, Chloe said, I think she's an amazing director, but I wasn't a huge fan of how she changed the ending of Little Women. But I think if she stayed close to the original story and didn't compromise the foundational aspects, she would be incredible. Uh, Icarus, who wrote that fantastic opinion piece, can't recommend enough, said... This would definitely be a big statement from Netflix, if true. To land a director with such a stellar reputation would instantly lend the project a huge degree of gravitas at a time when a lot of Netflix's other outputs are veering towards the cheaper and lower quality end of the spectrum. Um, Certainly, uh, as far as that last comment, this is uh, outside web. It's just getting two reactions. It's getting, oh, Netflix is still making those? And Greta Gerwig? Interesting. Like People are really intrigued by it. Um, So it's definitely getting, um, for what it's worth, it's getting Narnia uh, a lot of attention right now. Um, Let me throw this out to you guys. Let's say tomorrow Netflix comes to you, and they don't give you any other information or or anything like that. They give you no additional information. They just say, here's the thing, guys. We narrowed our directors down to two, and we voted on them, and it was a tie. We need you to break the tie. Who directs the next Narnia movie? Is it Greta Gerwig or Andrew Adamson? Which box do you check?
2: What's the next Narnia movie? (laughs) You don't
0: have any additional information. (laughs) They just want to know who is going to lay the foundation for this next series of Narnia adaptations.
1: I say go with Greta. Go with something new.
0: Hashtag go with Greta.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Take risks. It could be terrible. It could be great. You have no idea.
2: It seems like, yeah my like, my my first instinct is yeah, I go with Greta. But then I was like, but then how often like that could actually be very interesting to see a person remake their own film because people remake other people's <laughs> films all the time. But... No, if
1: someone was like, we'll do Andrew's version of like Don Treader or Silver Chair, I'd be I'd be all over that.
0: Well, okay, let's just say let's assume they're gonna start with the Magician's nephew, okay. Are there it's just what what I guess what I was more getting at is who would you feel safer with? Because for me, Andrew Adamson is a safer choice. In other words,
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, he's definitely safer with a safer. But choice. is he good?
0: <laughs> um to, well uh he's pretty good, but not great. I if like if Andrew Adamson's hired, I feel like okay, there's about a seventy five percent chance that this movie's this next Narnia adaptation is gonna be pretty good. And about a 25% chance it's going to be, eh, not very good. Whereas with Greta, it's almost like there's a 50% chance it's going to be great, amazing. And about a 50% chance it's going to (laughs) be not good at all. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I personally would, if I could choose, I'd take a chance. I'd roll the dice on Greta Gerwig. A on it's a I, risk. I don't know if
2: I understand her well enough to really make an informed decisions, but I, I would I would tend to go with her cuz here here's my thought. I have amazing books. I don't need a decent Narnia movie. I I just don't. I'm fine reading the books for forever. It would be really cool to be able to experience a great Narnia movie. So I like I, if it's I don't really need to see a pretty good version of a Narnia movie. I, I don't feel that need. Oh, I just need to see this. I mean, it'd be great if it's well done. But yeah, I, I'm kind of like, would it really be magical? And there's so much going on in the heads of the kids. More so, I feel like in Magician's nephew more so than in line with the wardrobe. I'd kind of like to see what, I think Greta would do a really good job getting in their heads and the dynamics between you know, Diggory and Polly. And so, yeah, I kind of go with her.
0: Wow. Okay. Now, the other side of that is you're risking. Some people would say, I just don't want to see bad adaptations.
1: Then don't watch it. No, it's it's just kidding. We'll watch it anyway. (laughs) Unfortunately,
0: the bad
2: adaptations, I feel like the bad adaptations are are just going to happen. Yeah. Some people, you can't get a great one. It's like
0: some people, it's like they're kids. You know, it's like, I just don't want bad adaptations to be out there. Rather, they just, I just don't even want to take the risk. Books are fine. Um, And I, I can understand that. Like, I, Per, there's I I can't not feel like I can't not take it kind of personally, um when a representation of something I love so much is being dragged through the mud. So I can understand that. Like I just I'd rather and I I certainly would agree. I would rather see no adaptations at all than see a bad adaptation. Absolutely. I, but I just think sitting I just don't right
2: want to here, adapta- adaptation succeed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's If it's a bad <laughs> adaptation, I hope it fails. Right. Reasonably. But So,
0: yeah, I would rather see nothing than see a bad adaptation made. But sitting here right now, if I can roll the dice, it's a 50-50 shot between a great movie, great adaptation, which in my opinion we haven't had of Narnia. We've seen, had some pretty good ones, some okay ones. If it's like, but getting a great one or a terrible one, I've got to roll the dice. I would do it. Because uh, I would just love to see a great one, even though I don't need it. I really appreciate what you're saying, Rillian. The books are the books; they're not going to change. I-, I love them, and um, yeah. So, oh, I'm a little surprised. I really thought you guys were going to say Andrew Adamson. Okay.
1: As I've gotten older, I'm like, yeah. No, I'm just kidding.
0: I'm just excited. You know, whatever good adapt- good or bad. If it's really bad, the silver lining is I got to complain about it with you people. So that <laughs> that, that that's where I'm excited that, wow, maybe we are actually going to have a new Narnia adaptation to pick apart, which is exciting regardless of whether the end product is worth it all. Um, uh, if you're listening to this and you have never posted a comment on a talking beast uh, podcast, why not make this the first one? We want to know what you think. Um, post a comment below. Let us know what you think about Greta Gerwig and what you want to think, what you want to see in a Chronicles of Narnia adaptation. Uh, I will take us out with the outro. Everyone have a great Thanksgiving. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talking Beast, the Narnia podcast. Visit Narniweb.com to join our community and stay up to date on the latest Narnia news. Please post a comment below or in the Talking Beast Facebook group. Special thanks to all of our Patreon supporters, especially our Knights of Narnia Web. Until next time, further up and further in.